Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's reflection is our Old Testament lesson just read, and especially these words. Then Elijah stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Says the word of the Lord for us today. was a matter of life and death as this little preschool boy sat next to this gorilla his very life was at the mercy of this 400 pound mass of sheer strength and and unpredictability you probably heard about that story in the news about a hundred times this past week at the Cincinnati Zoo a, a little preschooler fell into the gorilla enclosure and ended up being dragged around like a rag doll Uh, by one of the the residents there, Harambe, the gorilla. Zoo personnel acted quickly to ensure the safety of the boy, and unfortunately that meant ending Harambe's life with a rifle. Now a lot of controversy has come up uh, over this past week about uh, all sorts of things, about whether the zoo did the right thing or not, about what the mother was doing while her son was falling in, about whether legal action should be taken against somebody or or something. It's not my goal to address any of these questions today, but I am hoping to get us in the mindset for what I would like to talk about, a matter of life and death. As you heard about that story, or as as you watched that clip, or maybe you watched a longer version at home, did you sense the urgency, the danger, the fear? You know, we, uh, if you were listening carefully, you could hear the, the frantic mother crying out as, as calmly as she was able, Mommy loves you. I'm right here. Can you imagine? Well, today I'd, I'd like you to try because today we're going to be talking about another mother who found herself helplessly and hopelessly worried about the life of her son. That's actually the state this mother is in when we first meet her in Scripture, just a little bit before our reading for today. We don't know her name, we just know her as the widow of Zarephath, the woman to whom the Lord sent Elijah when the brook that he'd been drinking from went dry. So Elijah leaves the land of Israel and goes up north, and uh, he runs into this woman just as the Lord had said. And so Elijah asks her for a drink of water, and she gets up to go get it, And then Elijah kind of adds, you know, while you're at it, uh, some bread would be nice too. And uh, even though we didn't read it today, if you've ever read it, you probably remember at least part of her response because it's as every bit memorable as it is sad. She replies, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug, and now I'm gathering up some sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Her outlook on life and her son's life 
was quite bleak. But Elijah brought a promise from God along with his request for bread. Elijah said to her, do not fear for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And God kept his promise spoken by his prophet. The jar of flour was not spent. Neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Just when the widow was certain that the only thing left for her and her son was death, God demonstrated to her that he is the God of life. He provides for our every need, even in the midst of famine or drought, even when we find ourselves on our last legs, when we're down to the last drop, when we're at the very end of our rope. How many times have you seen God come through for you in desperate situations? When the budget's getting a little tight, when a relationship seems hopeless, when you find yourself ensnared in temptations and stuck between a rock and a hard place, you know, maybe an unexpected check came in the mail at just the right time, or, or maybe God brought about a reconciliation that you thought impossible. Maybe God provided a way out of that temptation, as he's promised always to do. I'm guessing that each one of us can think of it at least one time when we noticed God come through for us in our life, where God showed us that he is the God of life. Jesus said that he came that we may have life and have it abundantly, and God certainly gives us life abundantly. Martin Luther, in his small catechism, in the explanation to the creed, the first article, he says that that God gives us clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, all I have. He richly and daily provides me with everything I need to support this body and life. God is the God of life. If we just open our eyes and pay attention, we see that through the countless blessings that he gives us. But oftentimes we tend to take these blessings for granted. And sometimes things happen that that seem to contradict them or even nullify them altogether. And that's exactly what happened for this poor widow. At the start of our reading for today, we read, after this, that is after God miraculously saved her life and her son's life, after this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill. And his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. In that video clip we watched with the gorilla, we could hear the fearful mother shouting, Mommy loves you, I'm right here. And I imagine the widow of Zarephath was probably saying the same words of reassurance to her son as he inched closer and closer to death. But things turned out differently in Zarephath than they did in Cincinnati. Here, no one came along to end the threat and rescue her boy. And he was swept away in the sleep of death. For this mother, mother, for this widow, this matter of life and death became a matter only of death. Now we know that she'd experienced death in her life before. She was a widow after all. But I'm guessing this one was different. 
This death of her son came right on the heels of a time when she knew for certain that she and her son were both going to die, only to find incredible rescue from God, who miraculously replenished their flour and oil. But now, cruelly, her son was gone. The one that God had given to her to care for and protect. And now that both her husband and her son were dead, who would care for and protect her? This past week, America's news media and social media has been brimming over with blame for the death of Harambe the gorilla. Accusations have been leveled against the zoo officials who decided to put him down, against the architects of an enclosure that would allow a preschooler to fall into it. But most of the blame has been landing squarely on the shoulders of the boy's mother. Well, when the widow of Zarephath's son died... She also started to look around for someone to blame. And she herself wasn't too sure about who was responsible. She says to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. She's blaming Elijah here, but she's also blaming herself. She's sure that somehow her sin is is what has caused the death of her son. She's searching for answers to the myriad of painful questions brought about by her grief, and and there seems to be absolutely nowhere that she can find any comfort. Have you ever been there? Have you had your life absolutely stopped dead in its tracks? Maybe a, a loved one of yours passed away after a long battle with a debilitating disease, or suddenly, or maybe worst of all, after a period of hope where things seem to be getting better. Perhaps you've struggled with feelings of guilt, afraid that your sins have caused, if not the death, at least the the death-like pain of another or of yourself. Sometimes our sins haunt us to the point where we feel like we are experiencing a living death. Sometimes our circumstances weigh us down and and cause us to look around for someone to blame, if not ourselves, then others, or maybe even God. There's plenty of blame to go around. We are wretched sinners in a sin-entrenched world, and so bad things are going to happen to us, just like they happened to that poor widow long ago. Whether she wanted to or not, she learned that God is the God of life, but also the God and the master of death. Elijah certainly recognizes this when he prays, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? Elijah knew that that both life and death are in the Lord's hands and in his alone. The same God who had given to the widow so graciously when he kept her flour and oil from running out has now commanded her to give him her son. And now God's prophet makes the same demand of the mother. Elijah's response to the widow's accusation is simply, give me your son. So she does. And he carries him like a rag doll in his arms, up and away from her to his bed upstairs, providing her with this heart-wrenching visual of her loss. Elijah told the widow Give me your son. 
Well, that's just what God did for us. He gave us his son. That son miraculously multiplied bread and fish when they had all but run out. He cared for widows and orphans. He healed the sick and he raised the dead. God gave us his son and gave him over to death. God watched as his son was lifted up on a cross and was dying for us. God watched not helplessly, but without helping. For Jesus, there was no one saying, Daddy loves you, I'm right here, because God gave us his son and God abandoned his son for our sake. Harambe the gorilla died so that the life of that little boy would be saved and and protected. Jesus the Christ died to save and protect the life of everyone in this building and everyone in this world. Elijah had said to the widow, give me your son. Jesus said to us, give me your sin. He carried it in his own arms, up and away from us. Not up a stairway, but up a hill designated for death. Unlike Elijah, this prophet had no place to lay his head. That is, until his head dropped and rested on his chest when he breathed his last Jesus made our tomb his bed and was laid to rest in it. So if you are struggling with the specter of death or the grotesqueness of your own sin or the hopelessness of your circumstances, let the cross remind you today that God is not only the God of life but also the God of death, the God who has steadfastly refused to leave you alone in your mourning the God who joined you in the grave. He is the God of life and the God of death. People of God, take heart, because after all of this, he is the God of life again. Our dear widow soon learned this. Elijah took her dead boy up to his bed, prayed to God, stretched himself out on the boy three times, and prayed again boldly, oh Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the child was revived. Imagine the somersaults of joy that that widow's heart must have done when Elijah returned. See, your son lives, she heard the prophet say, and she looked up, and through teary eyes, she beheld her son alive and well again. She glorified God on account of Elijah, trusting in the word of the Lord, And along with her restored son, she rejoiced in the God of life and death and life again. We read about another moment like this in our gospel reading for today where Jesus stopped a funeral march dead in its tracks right in the middle of the procession where he had compassion on another widowed mother and restored her dead son to life. Like Elijah, Jesus gave him to his mother And like the widow of Zarephath, the people of the town of Nain glorified God, saying, a great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. They glorified God. And so should we. Because Jesus, our prophet, priest, and king, has now also presented us as ones who were once dead in our trespasses and sins to our heavenly Father, as those now and forever alive. 
through the power of his death and resurrection, Jesus has brought us before the Father and says to him, see, your sons and daughters live. Paul writes in Ephesians, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have been raised from the death of sin. And when Jesus returns, he will raise us from death itself. Jesus lives to restore dead sons to their mothers, husbands to wives, daughters to fathers, one friend to another. The resurrections in Zarephath and Nain are are but foretastes of the great resurrection that is to come when we will all be given eternal, bodily, resurrected life. We know this because Scripture talks about it a lot. But we know it especially because it has happened once before. Not at Zarephath or Nain. Both of those resurrected sons would die again at some point. But there was and there is and there is to come a resurrected son who lives again and will die nevermore. Jesus, the son that God had given over to death, has been brought back to life. The father awakened his son forever breaking death's power and giving life again to each and every one of us. At the empty tomb of Jesus, God's mastery over death is given its fullest expression. There, God says to us, see, my son lives, and because he lives, you will too. Elijah laid on the boy three times, and the widow's son was restored to life. Jesus laid in the tomb for three days, And God's son was restored to life, and with him, each one of us as well. The body of Elijah was the instrument of the boy's resurrection. The body of Jesus has become the instrument of ours. And so with the widow of Zarephath, and the early church, and the people of Nain, let's glorify God, for a great prophet has arisen among us. He has arisen indeed. Hallelujah. His resurrection has made every single matter of life and death only a matter of life for us. He is the God of life and death and life again. And the day is coming soon when death will be no more and there will be nothing but life, abundant and eternal. Until then, God is with you. He will provide He will revive you again. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God which transcends our understanding guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.